It is post-Oscars day, and welcome everyone to the Screen Sermon Podcast. I am your host, my name is The Commish, and I am on today with uh, my very good friend and co-host Cody. Cody, please say hello to everybody. Hello everybody. Great to be here. Thanks for having me on, Kamish. Oh no, it's it's great to have you, sir. And actually, it's a bit of, uh, I think, closing the loop, so to speak. Um, uh, just a real quick, I guess, intro to the podcast itself. Um, the idea behind the Screen Sermon podcast is to kind of take me back um, to the years uh, 2007 through about 2009, when I was deeply interested and involved in the movie and television um, industry, was following all the Oscar buzz and things like that. Um, it was one of the happiest times of my life. I'm ready to get back into that realm now. And, sir, you were there at the beginning in those early years, and so I think it only makes sense to kind of bridge that gap and, and for you to be here kind of on day one as I get back into it. Hey, glad, glad to be part of the bridge, my man. I'm also glad it's a, a metaphorical bridge because I wouldn't make for much of a, a literal one. <laughs> Maybe so, for a small crick, but that's about it. <laughs> well, and and so just uh, thinking about that, I think that it was a, um, you know, it was lucky to kind of fall into this opportunity to to get back into the podcasting world, to get back into the film, you know, and 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 criticism and review and you know using them as think pieces and things like that um because as we know the oscars um was last night and uh it, it's just it, it's kind of a great end of the year um you know everything kind of leads up to that moment and so it kind of gives us an opportunity to see you know from this last year what were the films that were being talked about what are the um, you know, who are the actors that are now currently on, at the top of their craft? And uh, it, it's definitely a, a group of, of different folks, uh, people that I'm not, um, maybe not as well versed in. Austin Butler being a good example. I, I'd never heard of him before um, seeing Elvis. Um, but yeah, I thought that this was an opportunity for us to kind of break down some things about the show that we saw, um, as well as go through um the winners um and and kind of take a look at uh, you and i did some picking uh we played a little bit of an oscar pick'em game um and tried to um make some predictions about what we thought was going to win so we can kind of take a look at how that all played out as well yes yes indeed and who came out on top that's right well i can i can already tell you right now so uh ladies and gentlemen of the congregation i can tell you that uh cody uh had a very uh an interesting strategy that out of the 23 available awards that were given out um <laughs> cody decided to only choose for 13 which was a bold move um and uh full spoilers here uh cody got 10 out of 13 correct which i went ahead and did some simple math and got 76.9 percent, which is pretty damn good and uh, uh, your host here, Kamish, decided to go ahead and do the full slate of 23 uh, awards, and I managed to get 12 of them correct for a whopping 52.2%. So if <laughs> if it were a college course, I'd fail and have to take it again. Um, <laughs> you know, a well, lot of and, it too... And to, yeah, go ahead. to explain myself, I only chose the ones that I had any idea of <laughs> how they possibly could turn out. Like, I have no bearing on uh, short films or documentaries really at all I, and haven't seen any of them. So that that, that was part of my, uh, I'll call it a strategy, 
I guess. <laughs> and I think it's fair to say too that, and you know, full disclosure for everybody out there in the congregation, I have not seen every film um, that was available to win awards or that was nominated last night. I am not familiar with every animated short, live action short, the documentaries, um, a couple of the films that were up for best picture. I didn't get a chance to see a couple of the films that were up for um, best leading actor or actress. I didn't see. Um, and so a lot of this was just shooting from the hip. And honestly, what I found last night is that in all instances where I picked against all quiet on the Western front, except for best picture, I lost. So I should have just uh, stuck to my guns um, with pretty much any technical achievement should have been tied to All Quiet on the Western Front. Um, but we'll get to that in a second. Um, so first of all, I just wanted to talk I about... I didn't I guess, actually see your picks. Yeah, I, I didn't actually get a chance to get them to you. And it was because I was meant yeah. to do a kind of a, a prologue of the episode with my wife and we were going to do some off the cuff pick making specifically um my wife uh, knows um you know very little about the things that were nominated hasn't seen any of the films and stuff so my plan was to literally read her a two-word synopsis of every movie and just say which one of those sounds like the best movie to you <laughs> um but we didn't get a chance to do it unfortunately she was sick this weekend so instead and she picked triangle of sadness because it's her favorite shape <laughs> unfortunately we didn't get to have ellie's picks on here um and it's and i hollywood insider it. huh hollywood insider ellie hate that's right that's right well she's the one that brought uh some drama to my um basically to the forefront of my uh understanding of how the oscars went down so i watched it last night it seemed very saccharine and very fluffy and very much in the spirit of let's try to do a complete pivot over what happened last year with Will Smith and Chris Rock, um, which the one comment I want to make about it, and I said from the jump when it happened last year, I said that's a worked slap. And mm -hmm. since then, I think there's been plenty of like alternate camera angles or something like that where folks are still trying to say that it was a real slap. Uh, again, full disclosure, folks, I was in the pro wrestling business <laughs> from the late aughts to the early 2010s. Um, so I have a bit of a background in some stage combat oriented things that looked like a work slap to me. <laughs> I don't know how you felt about it. I, I didn't really see it that close. I didn't watch like all the, you know, Zapruder footage angles that you spent <laughs> mentioned. You know what I mean? With yeah. Kevin Costner really like breaking it down for me. Right. But, um, my only thing is like what pro what would you what would the product be of even a worked one because it's like you know chris rock might get like five ten minutes on his next special on this yeah will smith is you know basically a pariah you know <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> so I, I i didn't really know what they would get from from a moment like that in the academy it looks like crap too you know <laughs> yeah that's true oh and the only thing that i heard about it is that um ratings for the oscars as a television show has been pretty dreadful and so the concept behind it the tinfoil hat kind of idea behind it was if you do something buzzworthy like that something that goes viral then all of a sudden you get more interested eyes on it because you know what's going to happen this year or you know what's the current hollywood beef that's going on um that might lead to some interesting things and i i'm sure you caught it jimmy kimmel dropped 
a ton of one-liners about it, specifically in the beginning, about how they had a crisis mm -hmm. intervention team on site and and all kinds of things like that. Which, which I believe was true. I, I remember them talking about that uh, maybe the day before they had interviewed two of the people that were running the award show. And they mentioned they actually had that. I mean, his line too about like, if anybody does uh, start anything, you know what I mean? They will be, yeah. you know, uh, for sure winning best actor and be allowed a 21 minute speech or whatever it was. <laughs> yeah. So that's going to be your punishment for such a thing. Here's my yes. thing. If you want to pull a stunt on an award show, if, if our teenage years, as you you know uh, earlier mentioned, the days of your of our lives, yeah. if our teenage years and my uh, award show watching taught me anything, they got much better ratings if they just had them both kiss. That's that's fair. That's a very fair point. You know, pull a, pull a Madonna and Britney Spears out of the uh, the back pocket, and they he just went up there. You know what? I'm sorry. Yep, and just lay it on him. <laughs> yeah, then Jada's an double pissed. Point. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so just kind of going through some notes um, uh, very quickly. Um, you know, he had obviously the very long host kind of opening roast of people and, and was kind of going around. Uh, some of the things that I kind of picked out from that, he took a shot at Batgirl being canceled um, due to like accounting, like they just completely had their funding pulled and things like that. To me, that it was just surprising to kind of point that out just with the audience that a show like Batgirl is trying to reach, um, you know, with the demographics and stuff like that. And that was supposed to be a pretty, um, a, a film that people could champion as being part of, you know, a movement to get more diverse in, in terms of filmmakers and, and actors and who's making these shows and, and who's represented on screen. So I was kind of surprised to hear that kind of get a crack. Um, even though I've also heard the quality of the show has been has been pretty poor for the most part. Um, quality of which show exactly? Uh, Batgirl. Oh, okay. show. See, I, that, that I think reached a lot of people, at least in the industry, uh, for the fact that it was basically finished and they wouldn't even put it out, which is a pretty rare thing. Right. You know, especially for something that size of the budget. So I think they've from the sound of it, at least from a, a few filmmakers I've heard discuss things, this thing, uh, I think that was what really caught a lot of people off guard. Like, wow, you can actually get here to the finish line and they can just kind of shit can your project. Right. You know what I mean? And for uh, a known character from a pretty major franchise at that. Yeah. You know what I'm realizing? Actually, I made a mistake. I, I He was talking about Batgirl and you're 100% talking about the right product. I'm thinking of Batwoman. Oh, I didn't even hear about this. Yeah, the CW show where Ruby Rose was in the first season and then she left the show and then they cast someone. It, that's That was the one I was thinking of. You're 100% correct. He's talking about the feature film Batgirl that they were making. That they yeah. basically, like you said, they wrapped it and it was complete shooting, but they decided to pull the rug out from under it anyway. Let's see here. Yeah, it was just a lot of taking cracks at people, talking about Steven Spielberg, whether he was high when he made E.T., because I guess he made some kind of comment about he's never taken anything <laughs> or something like that. Um, yeah. Jimmy Kimmel talking about Jim Cameron not being nominated for um, director, best director. Um, you know, and he made the, the quip, which I thought was pretty crunchy. Uh, what do they think he is, a woman? <laughs> you know, not putting yeah. him up for best director. That um, one, that one landed really weird. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> you could hear like a lot of people kind of like pull back, you know, and kind of even like, ooh. Yeah. And then he, he realized like, enough women in the audience got the irony of the joke. Sure. And that's why he thanked them. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. Um, so I guess just shuffling right along. He's like, no, guys, I decided to end my career right now with one joke. Not right even on my own right. show. Right. Uh, um, so we get a little bit of a, a a reprieve, right? Because they start with best animated feature. That's a fun thing to start with. And then mm. they go right into the thing that I heard drama about. So just very quickly. Best animated features up first. It's the first award out of 23. Oh, he also mentioned at the top of the show that they were bringing back all 23 categories because the fans wanted it. Um, I guess in some years past, they had cut some things out. Um, I Again, I wasn't even aware of it, but evidently that's what was happening. Um, yeah. Basically, uh, yeah, as we find out... They shaved it down pretty good the last few ones that I've watched. Yeah, and some awards where I'm like, well, I mean, that's... I mean, come on. That's a huge component of filmmaking. I mean, you should definitely honor that. You would hope... You right, know? right, yeah. So it reminds me of the uh, I think it was a Bo Burnham joke where he starts uh, talking shit about sound people. He's like, uh -huh. God, they are just the word, or maybe it's editors actually. It's a really good bit on one of his specials. He's like, God, editors are just the most talentless pieces, of, and then it just cuts like four minutes ahead in his special. Like, you don't even hear like the end of the bit, and he's like, right, like, right in the middle of another joke. Yeah, really good bit. But yeah, so yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, maybe leave the editing on the broadcast. You know what I mean? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, so best animated feature, Guillermo del Toro wins for uh, Pinocchio, um, which I haven't seen. Have you have you checked that one out? Yeah, I did watch that. Yeah. Um, I was very impressed. I mean, it's it's super cool to see something. I, I'm this kind of a film nerd. I, I love seeing anything that's uh, less used. You know what I mean? Like stop yeah. motion animation. Absolutely. I like stop motion animation in general. You know, I grew up on a lot of it, like a lot of the Rankin Bass cartoons, um, the holiday specials that they would pull off. And then um, later on, I realized what a kind of weird and surreal art form it can be, too. You know, <laughs> if you ever see, um, I'm forgetting his name, but he did a version of Alice in Wonderland uh, in stop motion. A lot of different possibilities with it. You know, and the fact that like animation in general has gone away from a lot of the. I think what you call keyframe, you know what I mean? Or like the actual cell animation. I mean, it's inevitable yeah. with technology and just the cost uh, effectiveness of it. And Del Toro is a guy I, I uh, to to kind of steal a phrase from the podcaster I listen to, Dana Gould. Uh, I think I appreciate him more than I like his movies. Okay. I think he's an awesome person and I really dig his appreciation for what he's into. I like a few of his movies, but yeah, no, I was I was uh, very impressed with uh, how he did uh, Pinocchio. It was uh, a different take than I had seen before. Okay, and like I said, the animation is just like not much else that you're seeing nowadays. Wow. Okay. I I, I think I need. It's one of those ones where it just needs to be added to a long list of things that I need to see because I've heard nothing but good things about it. It's just taking the time to sit there and actually take it in is not something that I've done. So. I need to uh, kind of yeah. end that disservice and do it. So, there' nothing really. Did, of did you say you had? Did you say you had seen any of the other animated ones? Uh, the only one I saw I was. Thought, uh, did you see the Red, Red Panda movie? Yeah. Yeah, yep. that's what I thought. What did you think of that one? It was fine. <laughs> did it seem like Oscar material? No, not at all. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, you know, other other than like. You know, and I'm not saying that this is negative or positive or whatever, but other than like shining a spotlight on a culture, kind of, you know, and, and kind of highlighting, you know, some of the um, 
you know some of the Chinese traditions and some and stuff like that, and and incorporating a lot of the music and 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 stuff like that from that culture. Yeah, I mean, from a from a the way it was presented, from the 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 writing and things like that, I would not have pinholed that as an Oscar worthy film. Um, okay. I also saw the Sea Monster was on there from Netflix, and that looked like a which I had never heard of until like the moment it was uh, announced on stage. <laughs> <laughs> that being said, I saw some shots. I'm like, wow, that looks pretty fun. Yeah, you know. But it, like again, it was another stuff, one where like I was like, monsters. Yeah, but it was another one though where I was like, I wouldn't have imagined this being an Oscar buzz worthy film. Oh, Pixar uh, had nothing this year. I guess that's <laughs> could be a partly a, a, an issue. That's the takeaway from Best Animated Features. Pixar didn't have a horse in the race. <laughs> So let's get to um, Best Actor and Best Actress in Supporting Roles. So let's start off with Ki Hui Kwan, which, mm-hmm. first of all, absolutely deserved for his role in everything, everywhere, all at once. He was incredible. Um, and his acceptance speech was just so genuine. Like, it, it really did kind of take me back to like the, when he started in the industry, he was a little kid and he mm-hmm. had that same kind of childlike, just he was in awe of his surroundings and the fact that he was there and that he had accomplished this thing that I'm sure there must have been times in his life where he was like, I'm never going to be taken seriously as an actor. You know, I'm just this, I'm just the kid from Indiana Jones or I'm just the kid from Goonies. And it was just so nice to see um you know telling his mom that he just won an oscar you know that nearly broke me you know now that i'm a dad you know i've been a father now for a few (laughs) years but now anytime when it's like kids and parents and people dedicating things to their kids or dedicating things to their parents and getting emotional about those relationships you know that breaks me down and he he was so ki hui kwan was so genuine that it elicited a response from me and then i love him uh pointing at the camera and and you know pulling the kaida line the keep your dream alive you know and and Mm. and you know telling all the people out there that you know you may think that something is insurmountable but look what i was you know able to do just really great um so what was your uh you know what was your take um in in uh ki hui kwan taking home best supporting actor um i mean yeah the acceptance i i felt a lot of what you were talking about too even uh being without kids and all that i mean you couldn't have picked a more again genuine more grateful comeback story for this show i mean there's more than one you know yeah. Uh, yeah. which as we uh later on um talking about what we thought of the entire show uh but yeah i mean he seemed like and again in the movie i liked him quite a bit i thought he yeah. had uh really great energy really pulled off the character and you know the character itself was i think more of an anchor than i expected initially going in and it would have been hard to kind of pull that off without his performance um that being said i not until the moment they were announcing the nominees did i have any sort of uh Second thoughts, second thoughts, I guess. I, I knew my pick was still right. I you know he, I had him in had to win that award. Uh, again, as a prediction, basically. But seeing Brendan Gleeson and then getting a flood of memories of everything he's been in, you know, including Vanishing to the Inner Sharon, which he was phenomenal. I was like, I was like, oh man, 
<laughs> they give out too. I yeah. really want to see Dresden Gleason get something. I've Absolutely. Him for like, you know, the better part of 20 years now. But no, yeah, I mean, very deserved. And uh, yeah, a, a great story. And couldn't have picked a better person to give that award to. Definitely. So Ki Hui Kwan um, absolutely wins a des- very much deserved Best Supporting Actor. And then we get into the drama. So Ellie told me tonight that she heard that there was some drama that had taken place at the Oscars. And I told her, really? Because to me, it just it seemed like an industry high five all around. It was all the feel good stories you wanted, all of these redemptions and all these people who had been either lost and we hadn't heard from them in a long time or or just you never assumed that they were going to ascend to these heights and things like that. All of a sudden, they're all taking home golden statues. But evidently, there was some underlying and maybe I'm ignorant. So and it sounds like maybe you heard the same story. Evidently, there is some some bitterness or some hurt feelings or something that's going around about Angela Bassett not winning Best Supporting Actress for her role in Black Panther 2 Wakanda Forever. Um, And that a lot of the argument seems to be about uh, runtime in terms of amount of screen time that they had and that Jamie Lee Curtis was not in everything everywhere all at once nearly at the same amount of time as Angela Bassett I I don't know I I watched her acceptance speech Jamie Lee honestly seemed completely surprised and taken aback I know she's an actor so maybe she's just good at showing that and faking it but she seemed very humble she did nothing but credit pretty much everyone else on the film aside from herself and basically said this this was not possible without the help of all these people and essentially you know don't ever let you know it was very similar to Kihui Kwan in terms of saying you know um don't ever let that dream go away and I know there's a storyline about how both of her parents were nominated for Oscars as well and this kind of completed that loop but evidently there was a lot of hurt feelings there was a lot of uh, an undercurrent there of Angela Bassett got snubbed and so I wanted to know what you heard about that or what your feelings were about that um, and kind of we we can address it here on the podcast as well. Uh, I barely heard anything about this. Um, I heard uh, a secondhand story that somebody had apparently read something. And what they had said is, uh, I guess, and I've not even seen the footage, so I couldn't even verify that. Somebody had said that Angela Bassett didn't uh, rise for the standing ovation when Jamie Lee got her, her award. Mm-hmm. And again, this is something that a person told me that they read about. I don't know if this this person actually saw this footage in the article or video, wherever they got it from. Yeah. So that's as much as I know. I mean, there's pretty much always backlash at Oscars, even before um, there were as many, you know, uh, what to call them, <laughs> try to encapsulate it all, like uh, social issues, I guess. You know what I mean? Yeah. Surrounding yeah. a lot of awards and media like we have nowadays. Sure. Like I remember even when we were younger, it was, but it may not be about those specific things, you know, or right. involve them, you know, quite often though, it was like, what, how yeah. did the English patient win? It's boring, you know, whatever it was, you know, <laughs> right. Ray Fiennes isn't that good, you know, whatever it was back then. So, right. I mean, I'm not too surprised, honestly, like you said, I thought the show overall just was, uh, super earnest. You know what I mean? Like yeah. even the, the, uh, most of the awards, uh, speeches were very humble, you know? Yeah uh weird thing to me nobody went for much of a a mention of anything outside of the work what they had done 
You know what I mean? Yeah. There wasn't a like, hey, thanks. And now here's 10 minutes about climate change. You know? Right, right. Nobody kind of used the platform. Yeah. Right. Which which surprised me. And uh but yeah, I mean moment of the night for me just watching the actual show was Jamie Lee Curtis's reaction. Yeah. Like that <laughs> I couldn't I forget what exactly because you, you couldn't hear her, obviously, but she she like said something like, You're kidding me. Yeah, very much you so. Know? Yep just like lost her shit which i mean i found just adorable and like you know super heartening yeah it, it just it made me root for her a hundred percent um you know and, and i'm sure there's an argument to be made out there about how well it's because we don't get it or something like that and and i think that angela bassett was terrific in black panther um as ramonda i think that she was you know, Queen Ramonda was an amazing character in that film. I'm, I'm not doubting that. And that's that's the issue, right? When you get down to the Oscars, you're literally talking about the top five performances of the year for an actress in a supporting role. And it's you, you, I, as incredible as Angela Bassett was in her film. Can you really take away from what Jamie Lee Curtis did in hers, especially when you consider the fact that and she even name drops it. She she was as she was giving credit to everybody else. She says, for everybody who ever supported genre filmmaking, you mm -hmm. just won an Oscar. Yeah. Because she Which was is, a screen queen for all yes. those years and associated yep. with horror. And now all of a sudden she's an Oscar winner for Best Supporting Actress. And it's like on the flip side of that, Angela Bassett had this incredible supporting role in a film, a genre film. So it's mm -hmm. still there there's these parallels there and you know they all did a terrific job but at the end of the day only one person takes the statue home and you know I I thought Jamie Lee was incredible I saw her in a role where she played something that I had never seen her play before um and, and I thought she did an incredible job with it and was very deserving of the win and yeah I mean I think it it does kind of play to that concept that you were talking before about brendan gleason you know it's a shame that everybody can't get one you know yeah well and here's the thing i i've heard i've heard nothing from angela bassett herself right you know what i mean yes and the other thing to consider without what again when i when i was kind of double checking on just even like how many news articles were up about this mm -hmm. there's a whole lot of people just like mentioning first off like whoa jamie lee curtis one she was the most unexpected you know yeah. even even from her you know yeah. yeah and naturally you can you can kind of bet which outlets had it more as like ooh, angela bassett had sour grapes you know uh -huh. yeah the person who's made zero statement yet and here's the thing you get that close to an award you've never won and you've put in that kind of work for as long as she has yeah whatever it would be about that's disappointment i don't care who you are absolutely i remember thinking this later in the night when i saw is it todd field Yes, from Tar. Yeah. Yeah. Because because later in the night, he just looked kind of, I don't know, maybe he was just tired. Or maybe he's yeah. like me, and maybe he's like me, and that's just how he looks most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> they, know, shot but... him, they shot him earlier in the evening, and he just strikes me as a very weird cat. Like one of those people that he, he is he is all-encompassing just an artist. Oh. Um, he, he strikes me as that type and of course i know nothing of todd fields but um he he just struck me in that way 
Um, and when they tried to film him earlier in the evening, it was almost like he was trying not to be filmed. Yeah. And then, of but course, he had the right hat came... for it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> that was like a 20 gallon hat. Yeah. And um, and so then when it came time for the best pick, uh, best director award to come up, of course, he has to be on camera and yeah. he could not have looked less enthused as as you were right. pointing out. Um, well, so, and, yeah. and I, I thought of, too, because I mean, uh, you know, 20 even like 10 years ago that movie probably would have been you know what i mean the front runner in a lot of ways it would have swept i think yeah just for the character and caliber of it you know what i mean yep and i agree i and i thought of just not even for that night alone but for going through an entire award season with all these kind of nominations all this critical reception and then to kind of come up and i know kate blanchett won um I forget which one was the Golden Globe or the Screen Actors Guild or the Critics' Choice, one of those. Yeah. But yeah, to, to sit through all these shows, you know what I mean? And go through all yeah. this this huge whirlwind press tour and everything, and then to be at the sure. very end of it and just just knowing, like, you know, like yeah. at a certain point he had to know, like, I'm not getting shit here. Right. <laughs> you know? There's no way. <laughs> so I was already keyed into that just last night watching it. So like I said, I can imagine just the uh, the totality of work Angelo Bassett's put into her whole career. And then yeah. uh, that film in particular, you know, I'd be pretty damn disappointed too. Yes. But here's the other thing for whoever is already barking about it, you know, like Jamie Lee Curtis didn't ask for that. Hell, she might have voted for Angela Bassett. Very well. Yes, that, that's very <laughs> possible. <laughs> who, who knows is what I'm saying. Absolutely. I'm not in the Academy. Absolutely. Um, just taking a look to just follow up on what you had said. Mm -hmm. um, she won a BAFTA for Best Actress in a Leading Role this year. Blanchett did. Yeah. Okay. It looks like that was her. She won it. She won a BAFTA for it. Okay. Um. So yeah, I mean, she did receive. Um, she did receive, you know, some hardware for her work in that film. She was great in that film. But honestly, what I t the thing that I can honestly take away from Tar, and it doesn't necessarily always have to be this, it was not an incredibly fun movie to watch. <laughs> um, it, it was it was very, um, it was heavy on lingo and stuff. So if you're not up on orchestra, and a lot of that, you know, the names that they drop and the whole beginning of the film is like a 15 minute interview, as Jimmy Kimmel pointed out. Um, it's essentially her being interviewed by a writer from the New Yorker and yeah. like it's it, it is like in real time they're just having an interview and it, it it's it's shot well and it the the film is composed very well like it's put together very well and um, obviously the score is incredible because it's all very orchestral um, they do some very interesting things from a cinematographer point of view but I mean <clears throat> excuse me at the end of the day there was nothing technical about it that I could have seen it winning for. And then Kate Blanchett versus Michelle Yeoh's performance and everything everywhere. There was just, there was nothing that was going to happen there that where, where it was going to take anything home. Oh, and not to mention you're one of these already has one of these women, I should say, already have uh, two Oscars to their name. That's which an I know it, it's an odd thing, but you do see it sometimes where it's like, Again, was was Spielberg going to get best director? You know yeah. what I mean? Right. I mean, he, he's Mr. Hollywood. 
they yeah. may as well shape the award to look like him at this point. I know he's only won a smaller handful than you would imagine, but sure. I mean, he's he's broken every, you know, kick down every door you can in this business, you know? Absolutely. And so I, I, I'd imagine <clears throat> just judging from uh, the wins to nominations a lot of times, as you see on this show, like I yeah. wouldn't be surprised if that was a bit of a factor, you know? Like, should yeah. we award this other person who's had a great... Uh, a great career has worked her ass off and is having this kind of almost culminating moment right now yeah. or further anoint the person we already know is like the queen of the last 20 years basically yeah <laughs> you right know? exactly yeah um yeah michelle yo is ascending you know she's showing us uh, uh aspects of her game that maybe not everybody has seen before because you know some of her films were not as visible um you know and and we're not and we're not um I don't know, given the platform that everything everywhere was given, um, you know, and she was very much locked into that idea of, of she was in genre films and things like that. She was locked up in martial arts films and, and stuff like that. And that's pretty much what people knew her from. Um, so just skipping ahead only because we have so many to get through. And I know that you and I, um, you know, you can say that we didn't do our due diligence or whatever you want. You know, the decision essentially was made like we're going to do these Oscar picks and we're going to get caught up on X, Y, and Z about what has Oscar buzz, and we've got this many days to do it. And I, I tried. I, I went out there and I watched six out of the ten movies that were up for Best Picture, and uh, pretty much the rest of it went by the wayside. And I really think that you know while that is a disservice to some of the other things um it's stuff that i can catch up on later um so documentary feature came up uh navalny got the win there um you know i i, I didn't even really i wasn't even aware of the film um and what did i think i i, I voted for the volcano movie <laughs> fire fire of love i had no clue um mm-hmm. i honestly thought that because disney was involved um with the volcano movie that it might get the duke there i i I got into this mode where i was meta picking things where i was just like well they're (laughs) gonna give disney something and they're gonna give these people something and they're gonna give that person something and that's definitely not the way to pick the oscars which is something that i've learned after uh you know all this time of not making picks uh oriented around the oscars yeah um live action short went to irish goodbye again nothing um what i thought was great as it uh, a, a great part of that, though, um, was um, the co-star from Irish Goodbye. He um, was this uh, the cool dude in the leopard jacket? Yes, yes, yeah. and they sang Happy Birthday to him. Yeah, cool moment for that guy. Really great, um, very heartwarming. Again, there was just so much. It was all good. Like everything was good feelings <laughs> for the most part. And then when I heard my wife tell me that there was drama coming out of the oscars i was like no not my oscars this is the oscars i'm getting back into and everything seems so nice well and and as far as drama goes is this just coming kind of more from the say media and even more so social media sphere i think you're 100 percent right because i think a lot of that stuff came from twitter okay and we all so, know that that can be a dumpster fire i mean that's kind of what it's made for absolutely <laughs> you bring your worst pair of underpants you toss them right in you know <laughs> isn't that what a dumpster fire is for i'm sorry i've only i've um, only used one once <laughs> so and, and as you say like from what we understand at least it sounds like whoever was involved with the show you know what i mean has at least remained a class act or just silent so far 
Right, right. And if she wants to make some kind of... If Angela Bassett wants to come out and make an official statement about how she feels snubbed or something like that, I'm sure it'll happen. You can join us right here. There you go. That's yeah, right. we'll have her on the I'm putting out the invitation. And, uh, you know, and, and we'll do our best. I mean, I know that we're new to the game, but, you know, what a hell of a way to kind of get out of the blocks is if we could have Angela on the show. Miss Bassett, excuse me. Um, I'm not familiar enough to be referring to her as Angela. <laughs> and she can air her grievances out right here on the show. Um I'm going to ask but yeah, about I, nothing but waiting to exhale. There you go. There you go. And and, yeah. and that's that's what we'll talk about. We'll talk about we'll we'll talk about um what what, what, what I'm trying to think of the movie now and why can't I think of it? Booty Call. I forgot about that one completely. I mean, how could you? It's incredible. <laughs> we'll talk about Booty Call and uh and and she can tell a classic that was booty call <laughs> absolutely um, generation paradigm shifting booty call <laughs> i mean it's you know it was a real you know boys to men kind of story this is this is how i grew up um, oh i thought boys to men was in it i got real excited you know i wouldn't be surprised i haven't looked at that soundtrack but i'm sure it's uh <laughs> i'm sure it's in there and um and so Let's see. So moving forward. So then they had an ad about this new Little Mermaid film that's coming out. Yeah. And I have been hearing a lot of the backlash about, um, you know, they recast Ariel as a black girl and all this stuff. You know, look, it matters. It's she's a mermaid. There's no reason why a mermaid couldn't be black. Um, I, I don't know what difference that really would make. Uh, you know, I, I can understand some of the stuff when they're like, you know, oh, this story is based off of, you know, the people that lived in this region of the world. And it's in the, you know, Norwegian, you know, part of, you know, Europe or something like that. And so it's like, so just throwing people in there is diversity for our di diversity sake or something silly like that. In this case, they're mermaids. Like they're fucking mermaids. They could be black for all we know. <laughs> right they they are fictional i'm not creatures. a pirate i'm not a pirate professionally so right. i mean i've never even had an opportunity i've not gone where dragons may be he be or however you say that you know what i'm saying right right i'm an idiot i just looked this up angela bassett's not in booty call it's vivica a fox my apologies miss bassett <laughs> well now we're definitely I, not getting her on no i know right she's she's absolutely canceling that booking um yeah Vivica Fox we might get, which I'm I'm also pretty excited about. I'm a there big you fan go. of hers too, you know? There you go. Yeah. Um so oh, I watched no, to, I, to me that was that was the one part of the show you could have definitely cut. And again, it's it's ABC, it's a Disney station. That's the exact reason that they had that on there. The it almost seems just a little bit yeah. like dirty pool to me to like we're gonna we're gonna advertise one big ass movie like this, you know? Yes. I mean you could have had you could have just made it the the recurring trailer. You know what I mean? Absolutely. You know what I'm so, saying? I, I and like because it was one thing too. The other, the kind of more surprising part to me was the Warner Brothers montage. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or throwback or whatever you'd like to call it. Because uh -huh. I'm like, wow, like a competing studio got a nod. You know? Right. And right. That one made more sense to me within the context of the show, though, since you know, obviously, Warner Brothers is you know, a very old player in the game as in, and has brought a, I didn't even realize how many, like during that whole 
like montage and everything there were yeah. a lot of movies i had no idea were either even warner brother productions but you know sure obviously has uh stamped a pretty big footprint in the legacy of uh film and film production yeah yeah I, it 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 took me aback at how heavy-handed the little mermaid ad was and yeah. again i i could care i think it's great it, this this lady this young lady hallie bailey um she seems genuine she seems excited um i'm not familiar with her that's because i'm ignorant that's not her fault that's my fault and um but she seems great and the only thing that i took out of it is i was not aware that melissa mccarthy was attached to the project mm -hmm. um and now i know that and now of course i know that she's ursula and i was so disappointed by that and i'm trying not Why? to be I'm trying not to be curmudgeonly about it. I don't like Melissa McCarthy. I'm not a fan. Oh, okay. And I love Ursula, the villain. I think she's an incredibly interesting... Uh, I, I think she's very interesting. And I think she's a cool villain. Um, I think Pat Carroll did an incredible job at voicing Ursula in the 1989 animated film. And so... Um, I've also quipped that Metallica could re release a three-disc set of all the villain songs from Disney movies, and it would be amazing. And Ursula's Poor Unfortunate Souls was usually my my reference point. Ooh. I think that Ursula's a great villain. I don't love Melissa McCarthy, so finding out that she's playing that character was a sting. However, umpteen years ago, I heard that a young fella named Heath Ledger was going to play the Joker... And I shit all over that because of my love of the Joker and my complete disinterest in the rom-com Heath Ledger guy. And yeah. he was incredible, as we all know. He was incredible. Oh, yeah. I was there. I remember you shitting on him. I was shitting on him, too. We, we that all were. That first trailer came out, and we were all like, oh. Oh, oh I'm okay. an idiot. Yeah. I'm an idiot. <laughs> it's not Heath's fault. That he hasn't oh. gotten this thing. The the Batman franchise in general pulled it on me again when they told me that Robert Pattinson was going to play Batman slash Bruce Wayne. He wasn't the greatest Bruce Wayne, but he was a great Batman. I liked him on both ends of it, honestly. I mean, I think he did fine, right? He yeah. did good. Yeah. But I thought he was great in the suit, but the the very um, kind of moody... But, I mean, it's, it's Batman year one, right? It's very much the year one version of batman he's very yeah. young he, he's, batman yeah he's doing what he, yeah. he knows that he has to do but he's kind of pissed about it right so i i want melissa mccarthy to be good because i think ursula is a great character and i want that character to come off really well i'm hoping that she subverts expectations in terms of she plays the same character in every movie she's in and i don't think it's funny it doesn't make me laugh there's an audience for it but even in bride days no I don't. It no. doesn't do it. No. That's that's one of a, a small handful of her movies that I have seen. I I thought she was amazing in that. And her I've seen and her Kevin, on SNL, and I thought she was pretty good too. Her her and Kevin James are like the same to me. They play the exact same <laughs> character in everything they're in, and I don't laugh. Yeah, I hear. I feel you with Kevin James. I, I kind of like King of Queens. I didn't see a lot of it. You know, and uh, he had a stand-up special way back uh, called, I think, Sweat the Small Stuff, which I thought was pretty great. I remember but, um, that, yep. I think Kevin James, and again, uh, 
kind of swinging off but since you mentioned him i feel like he's kind of untapped in ways because i think you're right he he's always got kind of the same three moves but i think he's got more to him yes yeah. you can see some of these even in like something like hitch like he can i think pull off a little bit more uh say a little more drama a little more vulnerability than he's usually given given room to do I, i'm waiting for like whatever the whoever the paul thomas anderson is going to be you know what i mean yeah. that did this for adam sandler with punch drunk yeah. love can do this with kevin james you know what i mean you know now that you bring it up i completely forgot that kevin james was in hitch and damn that i root for him in that movie yeah like he made me believe it yeah but like when I see him and when I see him coming down or coming out in in a new in a new film or something, all I see from him is Paul Blart or um, what's the he was in that MMA movie. It's just like, yeah, we, yeah. we get it. You're fat. So you broke the, the UFC cage and all this other stuff like you fell through it, even though there have been incredibly more large fighters, actual oh, athletes yes. that have fought in that cage and been knocked I'll out and fallen down. Right. If if Carwin and Lesnar combined can't break through that cage, then I don't there think Kevin James is going to. Or or Aki Bono. I mean, Aki Bono <laughs> got whacked by people multiple times in in a pride cage, and he never crashed through it like it was made of balsa wood. <laughs> so yeah, it's just I want her to be good. I also I wrote down Javier Bardem as Triton, King Triton. I popped for that because I'm a fan. I just really like him. I love him, and you know what's weird is that was that was a surprise to me. I, I knew uh, precious little about uh, the, the new Little Mermaid, um, besides the main gal who's in it. So yeah, yeah I was I was uh, first surprised. Oh wait, Melissa McCarthy's in here, and then I saw Javier Bardem, which most of the time I would just be all for anything. I'd listen to that dude read the phone book, you know, if they still have phone books. Yes, you know? he, but, he's uh, in that in Morgan case, Freeman realm, absolutely, <laughs> for sure. But um, in this case, I was pretty disappointed and actually almost outraged. I was ready to throw my own protest that somehow that they couldn't get Terry Crews in, in his uh, King Triton, oh. despite his own. <laughs> this is why you're on the show, man, because <laughs> well, hey, I'm not, I'm, you I'm, think I'm of like, this shit that is incredible. I would have loved to have seen Terry Crews as King Oh, Triton. no, I, I'm the 10 millionth person that said that because he started his own campaign <laughs> on Twitter for it. He even he even photoshopped himself into the the old cartoon like you oh know, you need to send that to me stat yeah. I need to see this I wish that I could take credit in. for that <laughs> as far as I'm concerned and as far as the screen sermon podcast is concerned you do get credit for it all right there you go um, we'll get him when Vivica comes on we can have him explain like how he felt when go. Bardem you know stepped over him for that role there you go yeah. I love that idea. You're always thinking, sir. I appreciate that. There we go. Um, so let's see. Moving on. Um, I'd love to continue talking about Little Mermaid, but I'll tell you, I'll tell you something. When the yeah. film comes out, I'm pretty sure we'll we'll talk about it some more. Um, so cinematography comes up. That's always a big one for me because it's something that I really pay attention to when I watch movies. Um, All Quiet One, uh, All Quiet on the Western Front for those uh, uninitiated. Um, and you and I both picked it. It was pretty obvious. I thought the way that that film was shot, it just made perfect sense. Um, War movies are heavy hitters when it comes to cinematography. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. The, yeah. the way Same that they're... Like what Westerns, I think, used to be more, you know? Okay. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. 
And I, yeah. I think you're a lot more adept to talk about Westerns than I am, which is something that we'll also get to, I think, in a future episode of the pod. I, I think that there's a lot of room um, for the commission's growth as it pertains to, you know, knowledge about certain films. And, and a lot of Westerns passed me by over the years. Right. Well, I mean, I think what they both provide a lot to are uh, you get a lot of those great panoramic, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like the, the classic cinematic you know what I mean? This is a movie, not just uh, a picture or some video of, you know, a scene somewhere. You can catch, like, you know, the entire field in France. You know what I yes. mean? The entire desert um, in New Mexico, Spain, wherever they happen to shoot it. Sure. And then, uh, of course, and with with war movies as well, you get all those um, incredible shots with, where, like, the smoke's rolling in. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. if you remember that one from the end of 1917... Mm-hmm. where the dude walks out of the hole yes man i about stood up when i saw that one <laughs> <laughs> i mean i was I, ready to, it was such a simple like shot and moment but for everything that you saw that guy go through up to that point yeah when he stepped out of there i mean good god they may as well have hit a wrestling theme i popped that hard <laughs> well and, and, and 1917 is another one where and i i can't tell you and maybe you know did it win for cinematography in its year uh, worth a look. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of checking in on it. Um, I bet it did because it did that thing. Um, the single shot. That thing. trick that, yes, exactly. That yeah. trick that like Birdman and uh, the Hitchcock movie Rope and a lot of others um, have uh, attempted where it makes it look like it's all one shot. Yeah, it won for best cinematography in 2019. It, it, it was shot incredibly well. And that, that, yeah. that, that implied single take is... Yes is a cool it, it's a cool feature that that folks are are using in, in films sometimes now um and so um moving on makeup and hair you didn't put in a, a pick for that which is fine um i i threw black panther down just because i thought a lot of the um the you know the very um the african oriented uh, makeups and a lot of the things that they do with body alteration and things like that and and the the hair that they were doing I thought that that would get it the whale ended up winning because they made Brendan Fraser you know they made him large and and the the combination of CGI and practical effects that they I thought that was shocking um, costume design came up next and uh, Black Panther got the win for that um and I've, I went with Miss Harris goes to Paris. I didn't know what the hell I was doing on that one. Um, not a whole lot. Um, not there wasn't a whole lot involved in these kind of more the set dressy kind of ones, the the costuming, the makeup, and stuff like that. Um, Jimmy Kimmel talked a lot about the runtime of the show. He kept making jokes about it. That was one of the things that I made note of. Also, they they pointed out the Academy Museum of Motion Pictures in LA. I guess that's a recent thing that they've uh, either opened or renovated or something like that. Looks great. Looks incredible. Something that, you know, love to see one day. Um, could not be further away from me, personally, because um, it's literally on the other coast. Um, but, you know, something to aspire to one day. Um, Best International Feature Film. Obviously, All Quiet wins that. Um, best documentary short the elephant whisperers win i forget even what i guessed it was wrong i can promise you that whatever it was um best animated short film came up and the boy the mole the fox and the horse won 
incredibly cool watercolor style um, animation. I picked my year of dicks, <laughs> which I, I I just broke it down for for Ellie. I'm ignorant, right? I I don't I have no clue what that film is about, right? But I look at it and I'm thinking <laughs> it's about a a woman's year in dating men. And then at the end of the year, she realizes that she doesn't like men, and it turns out that she feels like it. She likes women better. I don't know. To me, it seemed like, like that. That's what the premise. I thought she had. I thought she just had a bad run of guys named Richard. That there you, know? you go. Maybe that makes more sense, and that's why it didn't win. And but the I, very I, last I, one is the ghost of Richard Nixon. <laughs> just a head in a jar, like Futurama. The, the weirdest twist since yeah, whatever the last Shyamalan movie was. Oof old i won't get you started on that no, one. no 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 knock at the cabin oh that was his most recent one yeah yeah i haven't seen it yet we, we i'm sure we'll get into that at some point um, i gotta check that out too yeah i i he's one of those things where I, i'm a glutton for punishment because i know that 74 percent of the time i'm disappointed yeah but i live for that 26 percent of the time where i'm really into what he's doing oh what he does right is great yeah, yeah. He's just almost worse. Wrong. Yeah. <laughs> if it was the Tommy Wiseau movie, and then it was like, oh shit, it was actually aliens pretending to be our parents that were, you know, secret Nazis from another dimension, then you'd be like, oh, well, hell, you know? If it was an Ed yeah. Wood movie, you'd be like right on board. You'd be like, well, of course. <laughs> Absolutely. Without question, I would be like, this is amazing, but for different reasons. Um, since you mentioned them, there was something I think just uh, even in the short clips they did. I, I and again for I have no good excuse since a lot of times why I don't see as many things as just uh, time and all that. I think this year I might just go back and check out all the shorts, documentary, animated, and yeah. uh, feature. Or what and, we call what it, I was live see- action. What I, yeah. what I was seeing, a handful of them were available. Yeah, like my year of dicks, for example, was on Hulu. Oh yeah, yeah. So I mean, as a you know an adult with responsibilities and a mortgage and whatever you know obviously there's there's time that i don't have i should have had time to watch a stupid short film <laughs> there's no reason why i shouldn't have been able to do that i mean especially one with that title come on i mean how that didn't just titillate me immediately and make me press play i don't really know because i'm still a child um but yeah for whatever reason i i, I focused on the ones that were up for best picture because i knew i was up against the clock sure um, Makes sense. Okay, so moving right along, um, Lady Gaga does her um, very personal kind of stripped-down performance um, of the song from Top Gun, "Hold My Hand." Um, you know, they stayed tight on her the whole time. Very stripped-down version, no makeup and stuff. Very plain clothes. They moved on. Um, they were showing, obviously, for those of you who are familiar with the Oscars, they. They take the songs that are up for best original song and they'll perform them live um, in the theater. Full disclosure, again, I skipped over some of those because of time. It was a three and a half hour broadcast and I was trying to make sure that I saw what I needed to see. Um, They went into production design next, which was one of my favorite bits when they had uh, Hugh Grant and um, (laughs) Julia Louise Dreyfus. Is that that wasn't her, was it? It was um, no Dreyfus was with somebody else. I, I yeah, she was with uh, Baldano. 
I think. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Who who am I thinking of? She's the lady I the always other, mix. The other kind of awkward self-deprecating joke yes. on the show. I always mix them up. They're, they're, they I feel like they're always up for the exact same. Oh no, role. it was uh Elizabeth Olsen, wasn't it? No. No, it was um Oh, it's gonna kill me. Um She was in she was in the stand. Right? She was in the st- wasn't she in the stand? Oh, oh they remade I, the stand. Sure. That doesn't help me. She was in the original stand. Oh, it was Andy McDowell. That's it, Andy McDowell. Yeah. She was in the stand, right? I never saw the stand. She was in Groundhog Day. I like that one. Okay, we'll go with that. Um okay. She probably was. She was in, in Mag- Mike, uh, Magic Mike Trick Double XL, apparently. So, <laughs> um, they had one of my favorite bits as they were introducing the nominees. Um, Hugh Grant goes into talking something about moisturizer and how um, you can see its effects or something like that. And he points out Andy McDowell and he says, "See, this is somebody who obviously uses uh, moisturizer. She's stunning and all this other stuff." And he says, "Whereas I'm a person who's." never touched it a day in my life and i'm basically a scrotum i thought that that was an incredible line um you know great self-deprecating british humor i expect nothing less from hugh grant um production design of course goes to all quiet on the western front it's a technical marvel and i made a note here that basically anything that's technically oriented is probably going to go to all quiet at the end of the day it ended up winning four oscars um, other than best document, um, I'm sorry, best international international feature, the other three Oscars that it won were all oriented toward technical aspects of some kind. Yeah, and I, I had it doing kind of a clean sweep on those ones, except um, uh, Top Gun ended up taking sound, mm-hmm. which when they were introducing them all, just like hearing that like just incredible plain whoosh. You know, yeah. as one of the nominees, yeah. I'm like, damn, I should have picked Top Gun. <laughs> <laughs> and and again, full disclosure, I haven't seen Top Gun Maverick, and I've heard nothing but incredible things about it. So um, I've heard it is it is a great movie. So Hey, people say it saved the movies. So, I mean, yeah, for that, yeah, I guess I owe it some back gratitude, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, best original hey, score right, too, or like, quiet. Oh, all, oh, I was say, all Quiet definitely felt like the one like um, years past, you know, uh, Fury Road or um, who was I just thinking of not too long ago? Another of those type of epic movies that are just really like a feast for the eyes and ears, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And so it won Best Original Score as well, which was the next one that was up. Again, it's just anything that's, you know, technical, the music, the way it's shot, the way that it's assembled, the, you know. Uh, All Quiet on the Western Front won those. Um, and I picked something ridiculous. I don't, what did I pick? It was bad. Whatever it was. Uh, original score, I picked The Fablemans. Why? I Oh, John Williams. That's why. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because I think he was like on the verge of a record, I think, wasn't he? Yeah, so I thought they might give it to him. Yeah. Um, he couldn't, he so... couldn't do the Beyonce, alas. There you go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it it was me meta picking again instead of just taking things at face value, which is what I needed to be doing. Um, visual effects seemed to be a pretty easy one. Avatar ended up winning. That's what I picked. Um, there there was a couple of other ones that it, it you could have made a, a 
a case for it, I guess. This is the one that Elizabeth Banks uh, presented with the bear or the guy in the bear suit. Um, And the whole thing with Malala was in the crowd, which was incredibly random. Um, And they were definitely trying to get her in on some of the bits. And she's that's not she's not an actress. You know, she's not she's not a comedian either. So it just seemed very out of place. Um, Then they got into this conversation about Chadwick Boseman's legacy. Um, I have tons of respect for Chadwick. I thought that he was an incredibly engaging performer on the screen. Um, you know, embodying T'Challa and the Black Panther character and things like that. I just am unfamiliar with him outside of that. And to me, um, and this could be my ignorance talking again, it seemed like his career was just kind of getting started. Um, But they were chatting about his legacy as if he left this indelible mark on filmmaking. And I just, I was scratching my head. Like, I, I just, I don't think he ever even had a chance to, get that going which is what the real unfortunate part of it is rather Mm. than you know that he left this indelible mark behind and that he's gone which i guess he did i mean he inspired you know plenty of people i'm sure but um i wish that i would have seen more from chadwick boseman and 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 gotten a chance to see him do other things um did was he are you aware did you see him in anything outside of black panther i i had never seen him i don't think no, it doesn't look like it. Um, he was in Gods of Egypt. I mean, that was a pretty Which big I movie. I, I think I, I never see. saw it. Uh, all the Marvel draft day. I know a lot of people who have seen that seem to like that one with Kevin Costner. Yeah, the Browns um, movie. Yeah. Cleveland oh, no, that's Browns a different one. Or... That's, that's the Express. Unless no, I'm they're both about the Browns. Yeah, I think Kevin two... Costner is like the, the general manager of the Browns. And oh, it's wow. all who they're going to draft at number one or something like that. This is football talk now. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, it doesn't look like there was a whole. Again, this is the first randomest search, like a yeah. whole lot before, say, like 2012 or so. But it says he's yeah. been acting since '93, so I'm sure there's other things. Maybe I just haven't seen yet. Yeah, and and I think it is definitely just one of those things where I'm ignorant. Oh my god, I'm a moron. I'm looking it up now. He was Jackie Robinson in '42. Oh, okay. And and you know what? Kudos to him because I I never would have made that connection. I I feel like he embodied that role, and it, it didn't even occur to me. That's an excellent, yeah. It, it's just me not being as familiar with his filmography and stuff like that. But it was just one of those things where it was like, you talk about legacy. You know what does that mean? I guess he didn't have to have a long, you know, standing filmography or or a um, an incredible amount of time spent in the industry for him to be able to have a, a great impact on on people and to inspire people and things like that and that's clearly what they were playing off of which makes sense um looks for like sure. here his first feature film was in 2008 but um but yeah it definitely gone too soon and um his his uh kind of his spirit was all over Wakanda forever and it was definitely a, a love letter to him and and things like that. Yeah, I was uh, I was very surprised that um, Rihanna's song, uh, well, Rihanna and um, several others' song uh, dedicated mm-hmm. to him wasn't able to grab uh, best song because yeah, I I thought that was going to happen. Yeah, I, I mean, looked around because I I didn't really know much of any of them until the performances, you know, yeah. and I knew that um, Natu Natu from Triple R, yeah, uh, was had become very popular but i was like i mean come on 
They wrote yeah. it for the dude that. <laughs> come on. Yeah, but nope. They they, nope. they ended up Not so much going the other way, and and even based on the performances that were done live, I mean, the one for Not to Not to, the the show that they put on, you know, that perform it was incredible. So I mean, even oh, the yeah. presentation of it that night was great. Um, best original screenplay. Everything when you know everything everywhere all at once obviously takes that one home makes sense. Um, I also noted that in between best original and best adapted screenplay, Florence Pugh literally changes dresses between them, and I don't know how the hell that happens. Um, I'm sure they have a whole team of people that help her do that. Um, and then best adapted, women talking. Um, it's got a jacket that can do that same thing. <laughs> you just flip it the other way. I'm not impressed, Ms. Pugh. I'm just well, saying. this this one this one literally went from exposing one of her legs almost entirely to covering it. Oh, okay. As if there was a portion of the dress that was no longer cut out. I don't know how it's done. Um, I don't know how costume design works. I, I have no clue. Um, Sarah Polly wins for Women Talking and Best Adapted. First of all, I'm not 100 percent sure what it's adapted from my ignorance showing again but sarah polly is a name that i haven't thought about in the industry in forever yeah and i i just assumed her career was over like she just kind of left it or maybe she was doing tv it i think it's easy for folks whose names i might be familiar with in kind of the second half or the twilight of their career to get involved in television shows and i have no clue that they're on them because i don't keep track and so um, seeing her win for best adapted screenplay was pretty, pretty cool. And, uh, you know, everything that she had to say about, you know, young ladies and, and women in the industry and stuff like that, it was very empowering. Um, but yeah, I mean, huge credit to Sarah Polly. I mean, I feel like she completely must have reinvented her, her entire outlook on the, on being in the business because I haven't seen her in anything in forever. Yeah, I forget the last thing I remember her being attached to or hearing her name on. But yeah. in spite of that, who called it? Yep. <laughs> you called that. And who did you I? Know what amazed me about about that uh, award was um, the list. I thought I read it wrong when I had seen it before the show. And I was like, wait, why, how does Top Gun like an adaptation? Like, was there a... <laughs> no, seriously. Like, was there a book yeah. or a comic? And I, it sounded like they... Because it was the characters from the first one. And I'm like... Yep. Now a sequel's adapted. Yeah, you're adapting a story based on characters from a previous film. I guess it, that's why it's not original. Yeah, I didn't know that even counted. Even if like like with um bad example because it was a book originally. Um, it's like you hear adapted. You're assuming it comes from another medium. Yes, exactly. Right, right. And that, that's what I was gonna say. It, say if All Quiet on the Western Front wasn't a novel originally. Yeah. If they had just um, adapted from that original film, the one that won in like 1939 or whatever. Yeah. Like, am I really adapt? Well, I guess I am in some sense. Yeah. But I always took it like, yeah, like what you said, like it's a novel, a comic, a play, something a else. Yeah, sure. I don't know how you make a movie out of a song, but I'm sure it's been done. Just give Baz, give Baz Luhrmann a chance. He'll do it. He'll take it on. That's right. Yeah. Um. So... Uh, moving into sound again, you picked All Quiet. I picked All Quiet because it made sense. It was a technical award, and Top Gun ends up winning. Um, and then best original song, which you already mentioned as well. I thought Rihanna was going to take it home, and uh, it, it ended up being uh, Natu Natu from Triple R. 
um they had Which, an incredible uh, stage performance so yeah well and, and and the guys that went up to accept the award too i thought it was pretty fun that the uh the guy saying his acceptance speech yes that, i thought that was further. great and he talked about how he was a fan of the carpenters and and you know he grew yes. up a fan of the carpenters and stuff it yeah. was really cool and uh, I also have a note here, and, and this is kind of foreshadowing, and you and I have mm -hmm. talked about this a little bit, um, of all the shit I need to see, which is that list is growing all the time, I feel like Triple R is at the top of that list. For for this last year? Yeah, it's just, there's I've heard and read and watched so many good reviews about it, and yeah. seeing, you know, the, the stage performance yesterday of Natu Natu and and seeing the folks that were behind that song and just how engaging and entertaining they were um, and how clearly the film means something to them. It's just this is one of those movies that passed me by one of many um, that I feel like I do need to rectify and I need to see it. Well, and apparently the. Uh... The director, um, I heard him on a podcast I listened to uh, where he came on to talk about some of the movies that inspired him. And um, mm. he's apparently been kind of the hottest director in India for a few years now. Oh, wow. Yeah, so this is like sort of his, you know, kind of crowning achievement thus far. Absolutely. He's already apparently already been killing it back in his home country. So I'm very curious to see somebody who's had that much success and from the sound of it has been working so long, he really has some chops at it too. Absolutely. In addition to all the things that you said, like almost everybody seems to love this thing. Yeah. And um, so then Travolta comes out and he seems very emotional. You know, he seems to be, you know, pretty. I didn't understand why I, I was such a dumbass. I, I completely forgot. Yeah. And when he said he said the line, I was like, oh, that's right. Yeah. 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 And so. um yeah, I mean, and that's one of my things. At the top, I have Kirstie Alley died. Yep. And and I didn't even realize it, you know? And then seeing Robbie Coltrane again, like, that sucks. Yep. And, Leota, um, Jimmy Kahn. Yes. And, and at the end of it, they put the former president of the Academy, I can't remember his name, but he they put him on last, so he gets, like, top billing. Or, yeah. you know... <laughs> For wrestling people, so we're wrestling people, right? Cody and I can admit we're wrestling people. We watch wrestling. We're interested in wrestling. You know, if it goes on last, it's the main event. Like, you build up to the last thing. So this right. guy going on last, to me, means he's the main event. He's a former president of the Academy. Can't remember his name. And I'm just like, it's so many people don't know who he is. Don't know his name. But in the same year... Ray Liotta died, Raquel Welsh died, James Kahn died, Angela Lansbury died, Wolfgang Peterson died, Robbie Coltrane, Kirstie Alley. And that's the guy that got to kind of finish the in memoriam. And it's like, ah, that sucks. There's so many like incredible contributors to the actual, like the, the filmmaking part of the film industry. Not saying that yeah. being part of the Academy isn't important. So that, that, that kind of sucked for me. Um, but what Some I did awkward transition in that whole montage. I know it's a weird, weird yeah. thing to critique, but it's like if you're if you are paying homage to people like that, you'd I don't know what it was. Maybe it worked better at rehearsal. But some of yeah. those, it was like the fade in and out of focus and stuff, and the the even just the the cuts between the different cameras they had in the studio. I was just like, mm -hmm. this feels weird. Yeah, and, and part of it is I think it's cool that they they spotlight a lot of folks that had passed away this past year. That the lay person wouldn't know because they work yeah. in very obscure parts of the filmmaking process and it's like i have no idea who that is 
but you know to the the actors and the actresses that are on these films they did work with those people every day and so it's great to see them get some credit and stuff it was but it was very strange and then at the end to give to give that top billing to former the former president of the academy it's like i know that the these are the academy awards but it just made sense to me that it would be an actor an actress a director somebody yeah, that yeah. hits you know it, it where it hits yeah but that's not what they went with um so then we're we're really getting close now to the end um uh lenny kravitz did the song by the way in the in memoriam which another name that i just haven't thought about in a long time um editing was next and paul rogers wins um for everything not the bad company paul rogers right let's not be confused and what a humble brag from mr paul rogers of the filmmaking industry in that he lets us know and i obviously i didn't know this this is everything everywhere is only his second film yeah what an achievement well and again film i don't know if he worked on and i'm not trying to take this away regardless it's amazing but I yeah. mean, he could have been one of those guys maybe cut his teeth on shorter video projects you know very true like uh uh who's another example not an editor but a director um how could i forget this name i've seen like Mick everything done, I love. just kidding no same you're almost the same generation i think uh seven <laughs> fight club mm-hmm. zodiac david fincher, fincher. yeah, yeah. People were amazed at him when he started hitting uh edgar wright too but like you know edgar wright did so much tv uh you yeah. know all of spaced and like two other shows before he made Shaun of the dead you yeah. know venture you know he'd done like i forget how many music videos some of the biggest music videos of the early 90s yeah before he actually stepped into making features you know so, uh, forgive me wasn't guy Ritchie also didn't he do a lot of stuff like that prior to making films i think you're right yeah okay yeah no, I thought um, that was pretty awesome. I, I didn't find out till just earlier before we started recording that you have to usually have like three features under your belt for a lot of the uh, branches of the Academy in order to be included. But if oh, you wow. get nominated, you're automatically in. Okay. So that must have been his entree into the whole Academy thing. Man, there so are again, so many, there's so many yeah. inner workings of that that I have no, I'm completely unaware of. See, this came up because I was talking to somebody else and I realized I was wrong because okay. I heard something on a podcast like 12 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I, I may have just remembered it incorrectly. Uh, just about how the nomination and the actual voting part works. I thought you could only okay. vote within your branch, but then it brought up the question to me of like, wait, can you be in more than one? You know, yeah, absolutely. You can obviously be in more than one guild, you know? Sure. And there's people like Robert Rodriguez and John Carpenter who do like everything on their films besides act. You know? Yeah, that's an excellent point. So, yeah, I mean, no. and then it, it becomes like an electoral college thing, like depending on how many <laughs> jobs you take on in a film. <laughs> I made the same joke. Yeah. <laughs> that hot electoral college humor. Um, we know what the kids want to hear. <laughs> uh, so speaking of that, that exact award and the winner, I thought that one was a shoe in. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. Just for as many cuts are in that movie, and I, I don't know enough about editing to say if that's more difficult than say like having something that's, uh, you know, maybe a little more subtle and a little more seamless or anything. Yeah. Regardless, a lot of work and uh, really stuck the landing on something that could have been a huge mess. Oh my god, it, it wrong was hands or no. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Well, and, and tedious. I mean, if nothing else, like you said, it, I don't know if it's as difficult as being more subtle, but tedious. 
yeah with the amount of of effort that it must have taken to to handle that level of of cutting between things and between shots and and imagery images that they're they're putting up and things like that um it, it seemed like a very tedious job like the equivalent of data entry as it pertains to editing <laughs> um now you imagine what the, it was like when they actually still had film yeah there you go and actually <laughs> physically having to cut it and and splice it together running, running two wheels and shit there you go you want to see some cool like uh making old editing look actually like pretty fun go watch the fable pins <laughs> okay. i and i that's it's one of the the out it of made the... me want a super eight camera like you read about it was amazing <laughs> it's it's one of the um so there were four best picture nominees that i didn't get to see Fablemans was unfortunately one of them um it'll just have to kind of make its way to the backlog kind of thing at this point now that especially because the award shows over but um <laughs> You know, that along with Top Gun, uh, Avatar 2, and oh goodness, uh, Women Talking. I didn't see Women Talking either. Um, so those will just have to kind of be seen later on when I get an opportunity to kind of get eyes on them. Um, moving right along, we go to, oh, I, I also made a note about the editing thing. Um, there was a joke made that, um, and just, you know, to be, it's not even really topical, is it? I mean, I guess it kind of is. Editors can turn 44 hours of insurrection footage into a sightseeing tour of the Capitol. Yeah. Hilarious. That was a pretty um, great joke. Yeah. Um, so then we move along to uh, Best Director. I don't think there was any doubt in anyone's mind um, that the Daniels were going to win, uh, including Todd Fields, which again was why he was <laughs> avoiding the camera. Um, I love Leave the, me alone. Um, I'm just waiting to get drunk. Yeah, right. <laughs> I love this concept that was put out there. Um, not by Daniel Scheinert, but by the... What's the other gentleman's last name? Daniel... I can't remember. He was the one Daniel with the... Kwan. the yes, Quan. Uh, yeah. Daniel Quan was talking about how, um, you know, we're all products of our context, which I thought was an interesting quote and was discussing a lot about how, you know everybody has genius in them that's just waiting to erupt and i thought that was very again just into this the very high five feeling of this show is just like everybody can do it we're all capable you just have to put the work in and you know sometimes those redemption stories come true and you know sometimes the underdog wins and this whole show had that feeling except for todd fields avoiding the camera and <laughs> some twitter invented nonsense about angela bassett being upset about jamie lee curtis which we can or cannot deny um so yeah the daniels were going to win best actor and they did it was much deserved um everything everywhere all at once won seven oscars they were nominated for 11 i mean they they as in if you were keeping score of it like a sport they absolutely dominated the oscars last night i love a card um, yeah um going back just a tad to uh original screenplay yeah that was the one i thought might go a different direction and I think I had um, Martin McDonough down. You did, and the reason I thought because I'm like I could tell I could definitely see everything taking um, picture and director because it's got a visionary feel to it. Like I said, editor. Sure. Uh, at least two of the cast felt like shoe ins for their category. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. I could see like McDonough's uh, a well respected guy and mostly uh, respected for his writing. He started as a playwright, so go figure. You know. Yeah. So yeah, just skipping back a little bit that was one of my kind of you know slightly what didn't feel like as big a curveball until the night and you could tell this is that movie's night you know yes 
when banshees ended up winning nothing nope which was insane i mean it was i really enjoyed it and you and i talked about it briefly um about how it wasn't big enough yeah yeah it didn't have anything that a usual oscar movie had that's why i thought usually movies that are a little more either a little more slight or there's Mm -hmm. the other thing where it's like um more genre-ish movies that were actually very good but it's like that old um what do you call it almost like a prejudice of like oh it's this entertaining it can't be that good you know <laughs> yeah it's too good like the, the tarantino the jordan peele kind of award yeah. you know this, this movie's great much fun to win anything right you know right or it's in line with the genre we don't we rarely ever uh, uh reward that much unless it's you know silence of the lambs or uh maybe rosemary's baby i, I can't even remember if that one but you know what i'm saying yeah no yeah they did horror there you go i think there's definitely an air of um if a film is too much fun it can't be art anymore yes or at least there used to be i guess maybe that's not true anymore well and and yeah i was just gonna say like i think that everything's dominance this year kind of proved a slight difference to the guard you know and there are other examples you know lord of the rings tying like titanic and ben-hur the one year but no to me it's like I thought Banshees was a big underdog just for the fact that it was uh, very well crafted, you know, well yeah. executed by everybody who was working on it. But like, again, it wasn't modern, you no. know what I mean? There was no topical aspect to it. It wasn't, it was technically historical, mm-hmm. but it's a stride. Yeah. The big issue that's happening. Yes. And uh, it's not bombastic in any kind of ways, you know, like the filmmaking. Yeah. And also, again, it's, it wasn't sad enough either you know <laughs> yeah yeah it was too funny it was like right in the pocket you know <laughs> yeah like just being a, a solidly made well-crafted thing about actually a pretty evergreen and i think pretty relatable you know sure. experience <laughs> definitely in a few directions yeah so yeah but because it doesn't stand out too broad or not broadly um too distinctly in any of those directions mm-hmm. we were talking about so I, I was hoping I like McDonough stuff a lot. I already told you that before in the chat. You did. I really was hoping that he could like maybe get some brass finally, but who knows? He's still got some time. Absolutely. Um, and I agree with you. It's it's you know, it was absolutely a period piece, but without addressing the Irish Civil War, like the part of that period in time that makes, you know, 1923 Ireland a significant piece of history. They just it's it's in the background it's across the yeah. water there but we're not Here's really going to address it yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the story is kind of a a, you know, a a nod to the conflict itself but the film itself is not about the conflict that's happening across the water right. um, so that leaves us with three left which I think is perfect as we're kind of wrapping up the first episode of the Screen Sermon Podcast here um, and that's uh, let's go right into leading actor Brendan Fraser gets the nod. Um, another one of these characters who kind of comes out of, I don't know, relative obscurity. People hadn't seen him in things for a long time. And man, like, what a feel-good moment. And when it was when his name was read off of that card, I wrote down, it looked like he got punched in the stomach. Like he was so like genuinely thinking that he wasn't gonna win or that he wasn't deserving or something like that. And he couldn't stop touching and looking at the statuette of you know, of his Oscar, and so he was just so taken aback by the fact that he had won. And uh, again, it was just one of those endearing things where it's like, I can't wait to see you in more things, Brendan Fraser, because I'm so happy that you're here. I'm happy that you're alive. 
I'm happy that you've resurfaced. It looks like you went through some tough things when maybe I didn't know what was happening behind the scenes for him. And um, I haven't seen The Whale. And I've heard good things about it. And I've heard he's excellent in it. And I'm looking forward to checking it out at some point. But man, is it hard not to root for him, you know, after seeing that acceptance speech and how emotional he was. Yeah, totally. I mean, his and again, um, Keith Kwan, uh, their comebacks were like so, so out of like the clear blue sky. It felt like, you know, it wasn't like if you remember a while back, like um, McConaughey, he but he was building, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, True Detective and like a few other things going. I think like the Lincoln Lawyer and Mud and all that. Michael Keaton, you know what I mean? He was successively in like Birdman and Spotlight, the Spider-Man movie where he played the Vulture. Like you could feel like some momentum building. Yeah, those two came like right out of nowhere. Yeah, you know what I mean. And now he gets to be Batman again. Michael Keaton, that is. Oh, I thought I was like, wait, who is (laughs) Brendan Fraser? Brendan Fraser's Batman. Why not? <laughs> but no, yeah, I, thought, I I mean, I was very happy for the guy. I, I really enjoyed him uh, watching his movies when we were growing up. You know what I mean? Yeah, and absolutely. I, I felt like he was a little underrated. Like he, again, he was very good uh, in those lighter comedic or action adventure type of roles. Yeah. But I mean, that still takes a certain, uh, a pretty, uh, pretty good, but if not uh, underrated kind of talent, you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah he got dazzled for sure. You know? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I watched a lot of his movies. Yeah, me so, yeah, too. Very happy to see him Thinking come back. back. Yep. Dudley Do Right. <laughs> I kept waiting um, for the Tom Slick movie. That's a deep cut. <laughs> and then, of course, we go to leading actress. And uh, Michelle Yeoh wins. And it's much deserved. Uh, it was another one of those ones where even when they were going through other, you know, obviously other than Kate Blanchett and Tar, and you know, I know Anna De Armas was uh, Marilyn Monroe and Blonde, which I did not even hear about that movie until I saw that. It's on that Netflix. Introduction for her, really? Yeah, I, I haven't watched it, but it's on Netflix, and evidently she's great in it. She was nominated for it, but I, I haven't seen it. It was so understated. Hmm. Um, so, I like her. Yeah, she's she seems good. I I, I feel like she's still kind of new to me. Um, I'm sure that I, I means think, she's been around forever. <laughs> <laughs> right. I I think her and Butler could. Yeah. I mean, from this year alone, could like seem like they could have some pretty good careers on the way. Absolutely. Speaking of, uh, uh, just one last thing on the actor. Actor. I think best actor was the one I found one of the most difficult to pick. Okay. Just because three. Just because three of them had already uh, won. Uh, uh, won awards leading up to this one. <laughs> Frazier had gotten one, Farrell had gotten one, and even Butler had taken one home. You know? Yeah. The closer it got, I was feeling a little bit less with, with Butler. Not that I didn't think... I he, I thought he did a pretty bang-up job as Elvis. But that people winning for that kind of role is a little bit well-worn at this point, you know? Jamie yeah. Foxx and uh, Rami Malek, what yeah. have you. Yeah. I, I don't doubt it's a difficult thing to try to embody one of the most famous people of all time. You sure. know? But yeah, it was to me. I was like, man, I could see them going feral with this. But yeah, I stuck with Frazier and bang, bang, boom. There he was. There he was. Yep. Seventy-six point nine percent of your picks being correct. Don't lie, sir. I think you. <laughs> I think you. I think you laid your cards the way they were supposed to be laid. I, I made this point earlier about Butler in Elvis, in that um, I thought he did a good job. I just 
I couldn't stop seeing him as somebody who was pretending to be Elvis instead of just looking at him and saying that's Elvis and I think that sometimes is part of the problem with um, depictions of real life people and so um, in his case I just couldn't get over it I was like yeah but he's just he looks like a guy playing Elvis I don't know I hear what you're saying. I mean, there's even some of that with like Jamie Foxx, you know, like, yeah, yeah. Like he, 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 uh, you know, obviously he could already play piano. He's saying, you know, but he just doesn't, he doesn't have the right build even, you know, he's just too big of yeah. a guy almost to play Ray Charles. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and so, um, leading actress, uh, mm-hmm. Michelle Yeoh, that seemed like a, you know, an absolute layup. I said from the beginning of that uh, show, but even before it, when they were still talking about the outfits, you know what yeah. I mean? I said like th- that is the shoe in of the night. Yes, and and they put her right at that corner, closest to the steps. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> we wanted to make Mrs. Yo's uh, walk very short, which which made yes. a lot of sense. And one thing that I took out of this, I took a few things out of this. Don't get me wrong, is that although she's known for these genre films and like all the martial arts and action movies she's been in did you hear the bit about michelle yo has no formal martial arts training i did not hear that that blew my mind yeah that was that took me through like everything everywhere all at once type visuals mentally all over again because i'm going back through you know (laughs) the films that i had seen her and she's never been formally trained to do all these things i thought that that was absolutely i thought that she was a martial artist i would have assumed so too yeah right and then hearing her speech about how you know little boys and little girls that look like me you know dream big because you can like the then these things do happen for you and come true and ladies don't let anyone tell you that you're past your prime you know essentially because look at me i'm a, a middle-aged woman and i just won an oscar for being the best actress in a movie this year you know great stuff empowering um you know and and absolutely you know i i think that it would be easy to kind of pass over somebody like a michelle yo and just assume eh, she's too old to win an oscar at this point you know especially in, in a film like everything everywhere where it's you know it commands a lot of her you know physically and and but she did an incredible job and absolutely uh, deserved to be the best actress this year yeah yeah and, and to your point too like in a business that typically uh i mean there's even like jokes about it in movies about movies you know what i mean uh mm-hmm. like that doesn't usually keep women around much past a certain age you know say like in the 40s or so there's that you know at, like very high echelon the kate blanchett meryl streep types you know yeah but a lot of others a lot of even great ones kind of get left by the wayside so yeah hopefully this can continue a trend you know I hope Hopefully so. more people yeah. are going to pay attention because there's a whole lot of talents uh, being left off the table. Yeah. Left on I, the table, whatever that expression is. Yeah. I, I'm hoping that this year, this, like I said, the year of the high five almost, or this redemptive kind of, you know, kumbaya, everybody's feeling good about how this year went. I do hope, and it was kind of your comment earlier on when we were talking prior to recording the episode, you know, I hope that this makes people look at the films that should be considered as being the high end of the art. I, I hope that it changes the way that people feel about that. I hope that it changes the way that people look at what should be nominated and what should be on a list of the top films of the year and things like that. Because this, this year really seemed to kind of set that in motion. Absolutely. I mean, one of my biggest uh, 
takeaways from the whole thing and obviously we're we're right at the best picture and i mean what else could have won <laughs> yeah. we've already mentioned plenty of things on the movie so far but it, it really yeah couldn't you couldn't have picked a better thing like I, I forget what that's called like what what you put on the front of the ship yeah you know i'm saying like, like if you had head. to yeah that, that kind of a yeah. thing you know the masthead if you will you know if you could have that for this year of of these awards i mean that was the one and yeah again i i I'm excited too that maybe again more than just what we already said about um, Yo and all these other kind of inspiring stories, whatever else it can bring to movies in the near future. Here, like everything, everywhere, it also had humor. Yeah, it was hilarious. You could make an excellent movie that has humor in it. Absolutely, plenty and of that's it. Okay. That should be okay. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't all have to be about people that are dying or already dead. You know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, just to kind of wrap it up. Um, obviously we end the night on best picture um, everything everywhere all at once wins again um, it's seventh of the night out of its 11 nominations um, the Daniels don't even really talk during the acceptance speech because they've already had so many opportunities to thank everyone um, up to and including uh, Daniel uh, Daniel Scheinert was uh, talking about how he he thought he would use the opportunity to uh, have an Oscars acceptance speech to um, talk down on all of the elementary school teachers that gave him grief over the years, but he ended up thanking them, you know, for supporting him and and being wonderful to him. Um, so um, that was pretty awesome. That was pretty great. And uh, yeah. again, I, I I think it was just the the ultimate culmination of this night of you know these redemptive stories these underdog stories these feel-good stories where um you know the good guys won you know um and who's more of an underdog right now than a public school teacher (laughs) (laughs) and i i think the only the only crunchy thing that kind of comes out of it was this thing that was invented on social media and we just don't know whether or not it's true that angela bassett has any kind of ill will toward jamie lee about winning feels like a reach you know what i mean it feels like a reach yeah. because there was so little else to be like mad about and again that apparently gets more you know views you know absolutely yeah it, it, you get more traction that way you you post something with that kind of heat behind it and that's how you get people talking and you get this this swell of of uh you know, people retweeting it and then, you know, everybody else is offering their opinion on it and things like that. Rather than right. just talking about how deserving certain people were and how excellent everything is, that's not sexy. Nobody wants to talk about that. Well, I think it's sexy. <laughs> um, one of the last things I wanted to point out, Code, and I really appreciate you being on the first episode of the Screen Sermon Pod. Um, uh, we were talking earlier on about Will Smith and Chris Rock and the incident from last year. Um, and how, you know, was it a potential ratings grab? Was it an, um, you know, if it was faked, if it was something that they planned on doing, you know, um, was it done in this, um, in the interest of driving ratings and things like that? And what I did want to tell you is that according to Variety, so take mm-hmm. that as you will, viewership okay. for the 95th Oscars last night was up by 12% over last year's show. So they estimated that they had about 18.7 million viewers tuned in. Um, and that United States those, or globally. Uh, so these are the, the, um, the time zone adjusted ratings. So okay. I'm thinking this is us. Okay. And I'm just curious. 
so it looks like it's gonna in the, in the demo the 18 to 49 adult demo that they're kind of pandering towards um i hate those guys it it, it got a 4.0 for rating Is that good it's pretty i mean this it's what monday night raw used to kind of strive toward anything over a four was was usually seen as good so um it sounds like it did pretty well this year um so the sounds like they could have done even better if they had stone cold steve austin on the show oh i thought you were going back to the whole kissing thing (laughs) no hey stone cold can kiss somebody you know there you go have him and the rock out there there you go you know one half of that rivalry on the show come on yeah and and he was on first too. He came out in the very first uh, award he, he presented. So, um, so yeah. Whether whether it was a stage thing or not, it it definitely got people talking. Um, I would like to believe that it was the performers and the films um, that were involved in this year's award show that drove the viewership um, because people were really rooting um, for these movies and these people to end up winning winning some awards for the work that they've been doing. That's what I would like to believe. Um, I'm sure there's a narrative in there uh, where because there was an incident at last year's Oscars, people tuned in to see what the hell was going to happen this year. But I'm sure that was a small subset. So um, all in all, I, I guess final take, final words from you on the 95th Oscars last night. What what were your feelings on it? Um, overall, yeah, just that that's what I thought this morning when I got up and was kind of having my first cup of coffee, kind of recollecting everything. Uh, was just that it was just it felt like a big like a warm hug of a show you know what I mean even though inevitably some people had to lose if you want to call being nominated for an Oscar losing yeah because that's the other part about everybody there can can't guarantee it obviously they're Mm -hmm. gonna at least have more work here in the near future absolutely and from all the everything I did see this last year you know I think there's a lot of room for uh, some pretty big pole vaults and some pretty great projects coming up. So, yeah, I'm hopeful. And I'm right there with you. I think I think referring to it as a warm hug is the perfect way <laughs> to 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 kind of put words to it. Um, and as you stated, I mean, how many movies came out this past year that you know had folks in it that weren't nominated for anything? Uh, whether deservedly or or not you know whether they were in something that wasn't so great or whether they were in a genre film that would never be considered maybe previously it would have never been considered but maybe moving forward it would be um, based on the things that won this year so i think it's it's very interesting i i think when we come up on the one year anniversary of the screen sermon pod we can do this all over again Um, but we can do a show maybe about our picks specifically next year and then do the wrap-up show um, to kind of discuss what went down at the awards. And I'm very interested to see where where the industry goes this year. Um, and I'm interested in actually getting back into the theater myself and, you know, taking my kids to go see the Super Mario Brothers movie is something that we've kicked around. And, um, Hell yeah. Yeah, so I, I that that's part of the experience, right, is actually going and being in the cinema itself. So I think that that's, that's going to be part of the, the whole deal is, is to get me back in front of a big screen. So, um code with that in mind i you know i think that we've kind of reached the end um you know kind of like the oscars i think this ran a little bit longer than we intended it to um <laughs> but i very i very much appreciate your insight on this first episode um as we broke down the 95th oscars and everything everywhere all at once and and how it kind of swept the table almost um so um next week folks um i'm interested in taking a gander at the month of march 2023 
um, the trailers that have been coming out for things that we can look forward to coming out here um, within the next couple of months. Um, may or may not have a guest on for that. I'm not 100% sure. And uh, I know, Cody, that we'll have you back on in the near future. Thank you. Uh, thanks for having me on, man. Uh, I'm very honored to be on this inaugural episode. And uh, yeah, excited to see where the show goes. And super excited to see episode two where you have uh, Vivica Fox watching the new trailers with you. Yeah, yeah, she's gonna be right here sitting next to me. So uh yeah, I am just during by my breaks. Work. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, Code. Well, uh thank you very much for um for being with me today and thank you everyone in the congregation for listening to the screen sermon podcast today uh once again i am the commission this is cody and uh we were happy to bring you our wrap-up and review of the 95th oscar ceremony and we'll see you all next week take care <laughs>